Welcome back to the PCS Podcast, your home for all things competitive Pokemon, TCG. It feels really good to be back. Last week, um, our recording day landed on a holiday. Wife and I decided to hang out, which pushed my whole recording schedule back for the week. Uh, Nonetheless, we're back and ready to talk about Thailand, Lima, Milwaukee, uh, Torino, Santiago, and uh, we're going to dive into a quick MetaShare study revolving around the first championship with Paldea Evolved Cards in Taiwan. We have a quick hot topic of discussion, and then we have some news followed up by a listener question, quote-unquote, and then we'll finish the episode with predictions for Fresno, which is a regional I will be at. I am Drew, and with me, as always, is Justin. Justin, how we doing, buddy? I'm great, man. It's uh, Even though it's only been a week that we missed, it feels like it's been almost like a month. There's been so much going on with uh, with Pokemon um, between all these events, you know, personal life stuff. Like you said, you were at the, uh, the lake on vacation. Um, I've had just tons of family time stuff going on, house projects, like always, because, you know, dad life. Um, yeah, just happy to be here and happy to talk some Pokemon. Um, I did, uh, just to catch up, I did a couple events um, while we were gone. I went to, uh, funny enough, I went to another challenge when I had kind of wrote, ridden off. I forgot I told someone I would drive them there, so I ended up going anyways. Lost round two. I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to scoop to everyone because uh, I already have my first and second place finishes, so I, I, to, I need a first just to replace that second. So anyways, I started just scooping to everyone just because like, ah, I lost one round. Give it, come to find out there was like Buku prize pool at the end because it was like 35 people that showed up on a rainy Thursday. You know, after scooping four times, I'm like, oh, cool. So I could have literally just won some extra packs. And, uh, you know, that was a little mistake on my hat. But, you know, hey, we learn. Uh, and then uh, got some Paldea Evolve packs and didn't pull anything. So, you know, fun stuff. How about you, Drew? How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Um, the holiday week was great. We had to reschedule the webcam locals just because the week before we had some Patreon that were sick, some that couldn't make it because of work restrictions. Uh, so we moved it to last week and I won. I played Gudra. Everybody bowed down to the goo God. Um, yeah, you destroyed my hand of six (laughs) energies in one starter. (laughs) Oh man. I wasn't supposed to win that matchup, but I'm really glad that I chewed through it, and best of one definitely favored me there. Um, other than that, it's just been you know trying to wrap my head around what the Fresno meta is going to look like. Going there this weekend, very, very excited. Uh, my work schedule's a little all over the place. We just recently hired a new guy. I've been having to train him, which means I have to work the same shift as him most of the time so that he doesn't, you know, get in trouble for obviously not knowing how to do his job and I don't get in trouble for just kind of setting someone loose in my department. So that's been fun. It's kind of like babysitting almost. Um, but yeah, dude, it, uh, I got a little bit of Paldea evolved yesterday. I opened up a booster box on stream in the discord and that was pretty cool. Uh, we had some sick hits. We did not get the full art. Iono out of the box, but I did grab two of those as singles from my guy. Uh, and I'm feeling pretty ready for the next format in terms of having cards to build decks with. Uh, but I will say, like, in terms of trainers, Paldea Evolved is absolutely stacked. Like, the amount of special energy that gets added to this, um, the two stadium editions that really do 
add a small amount of diversity to our already pretty diverse tra- uh, stadium pool. And I don't know, like, yeah, <laughs> what else do you need? That's like all that, I got to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that card's pretty sick. But yeah, like the uh, the luminous energy, I think that's what it's called, and the reversal energy are both sweet. Like, it's going to change up a lot excited of stuff. Oh, yeah, and I've got multiple playsets of each. Like, the booster box is just full of them, though. Like, you get so much. Um, but, you know, aside from Paldea Evolved, I want to continue talking about Pokemon. So we'll dive into the uh, Thailand results. This was a uh, championship. We've kind of talked about these before. Winning these gets you, like, a paid trip to Worlds. It starts out as a best of one. It turns into a best of three. Uh, but what took it home out of 577 masters was arc dura umbreon and you're a fan of this deck man tell me about this list and what you like and what you don't i'm yeah i'm a like you said i'm a huge fan of this list lately it's just it's something different and like it's really cool and it has a lot of answers to a lot of the things in the meta right now and it seems like this deck like after that one regional where we kind of saw it make an appearance in top eight it's just been everywhere now um and so it's only it was only a matter of time until it took down a regional um or i guess championship in this case but yeah uh i feel like it's pretty much the standard list we see here one of the things that i do like that i actually play in my list is the one copy of karen's conviction like if you're able to like sneakily hold that till the end increasing that damage even higher than you already would with your um your one of single strike energy attached to something it's just you can not make some or you can make some like huge knockouts that your opponent might think you just can't do and you surprise them out of nowhere um but yeah just kind of your streamlined list that uh, we're used to seeing you've got the volo the raihan the adventurous discoveries colrus um halucha with that flying entry flip flying flip entry i forget what it's exactly called but the place of two da- of the damage counter on two different bench pokemon um, Alexam to fix some math, Umbreon to gust and also hit that dark weakness. Uh, just really awesome list, in my opinion. Um, I think it's starting to get figured out a little bit more, and you know people are starting to learn how to play around it. But just just the answers these decks have um, is really really cool. This is a super sick list, and uh, it's not very different from the second place list, which was Arc Dura and the one one Vulpix. But it has a sneaky. Galarian Zapdos V, which I think can uh, sneak up on a lot of Arceus-based decks, especially if, you know, Top Cut consists of a deck that plays a lot of V Pokemon, swings for different relative uh, relevant weaknesses. Um, having the fighting energy for the Duraludon attack already means that you kind of have a little bit of wiggle room to use a tech like this. Simultaneously, I do believe it lost because it just doesn't have a whole lot of deck diversity. You do have the one Sharon's Care to help you kind of rotate in and between. You have two Path to the Peak, which should have given it an edge against something um, that uses a lot of abilities to really sustain the deck in the course that it takes. Uh, But yeah, this this whole Arceus uh, top cut type of feel... I could definitely get used to that. Yeah, I I've never I never really understood why Arceus kind of disappeared for a long time because I just think Starbirth alone is such a strong um, ability to just grab two whatever you need uh, to set up your board state or to take a crucial knockout is just so strong and um, I mean yeah it can be a little slow if you if you miss one piece it kind of sucks but um, I think at the at the end of the day with this list specifically. 
because it was facing faced up against the uh, Umbreon Duraldon version, which Duraldon swings right through the Alolan Vulpix, obviously. But also Umbreon is just, just so strong to be able to gust up those things it needs when it evolves. Um, I just think it gave it a little bit more of an edge in this deck. One cool tech we do see in here, though, is um, something that I expect to see a lot more of, um, especially going into Fresno, is that uh, Galarian Zapdos V. Just because with Arceus being on the rise again, something like Galarian, or Galarian Zapdos V uh, hits it for weakness. If they have enough Vs down, it's literally a single, maybe a double energy attachment, and you're swinging for knockouts all day long. So um, really powerful card, and you know I expect to see a lot of it going forward. Uh, the Zapdos is super necessary too because Arceus already has a really difficult time into Mirrodon, not as a deck, but as a solo attacker because it's 220 and it doesn't matter if you use Choice Belt because it's an EX Pokemon. You need to swing for weakness to take that two prize knockout. If not, they're just going to attack with it, retreat, promote another one, retreat, put something up that's like 310 HP like Regieleki or hit you with, um, what is it, the Magnezone V-Star. They're going to be able to put more damage into you than you can sustain, especially if you're only hitting that 180 because the choice belt doesn't matter. So having that Zapdos makes a whole lot of sense, especially in a field that consists of a lot of Mirrodon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, with all those Regieleki's going down, it's just it's so easy to get off going. And then even swinging to those for weakness, now you're taking three prizes if you need to to clean up something in the end. Yep, for sure. Uh, that basically wraps up Thailand, though, so we will move into the Lima special event. Not a whole lot to talk about here. Uh, there were 123 Masters. Uh, it was won by Mew, VMAX, and Meloetta, a deck that snuck up on us the last time we talked. Really cool to see. Um, it's kind of hung around in the conversation and discussion, like the Meloetta and Deoxys combo stay pretty good, but not seeing that sneaky surprise factor success that they did previously, other than, of course, this first place win in a 123-person event. Yeah, I'm actually, I will say, I think I'm more surprised that it won the following weekend than it did the, you know, the previous weekend, just for the pure sake of now that it became known, I expected everyone and their mothers to be packing a Drapion or some answer to this deck, and the fact that it still was able to pull through all of that and win again, I think that's really shocking to me because we all know that a really well-timed Drapion can just swing whatever matchup against UV Max in your favor. Um, so the fact that I feel like it wasn't respected again is what made it win again. People probably were just like, oh, everyone will be teching for it, so I don't need to tech for it. And they all had that same mentality, so no one packed their Drapions yet again. Yeah, I tend to agree. I still don't think Drapion is the answer. In Mew Meloetta, you still have the one of Lost City. So yes, you might have the Gust turn on a Mew VMAX, but the most dangerous turns for Mew uh, VMAX, especially with the, the Fusion build, is the fact that they don't have to evolve into Mew VMAX if they can continue to sustain. And if you're gusting around it and leaving that Fusion Strike energy in play, I mean... What are you going to do? You need to have something that takes out, you know, Meloetta, and it's only 90 damage. So, yes, a Cramorant can do the job for you, but you need to get the Fusion Strike energy off the field, and you need to not leave something in the active that, you know, three or four power tablets or two power tablets and a choice belt can just eliminate you from the game entirely. 
Yeah, that's true. And then also to you know continue that conversation of the Lost Box matchup, that's why I think Deoxys is so good because having that 120 versus a one, the 90 is just it. They have to two shot you with a Cramorant while you can take knockouts back to back. So that Deoxys really does swing that matchup right there in your favor quite a bit, honestly, um, in my opinion. Yeah, I just don't think it's a it's a deck that you can tech for, and I don't think that it's a, t- a deck you can outpace. The only thing you can realistically do is get cute, hope they don't have rope, and don't bench something 220 or less HP to give them that uh, that first turn going second knockout. Yeah, and are they playing? No, they're not playing Echoing Horn either in the list. I was gonna say because Echoing Horn is also really strong. I feel in these decks too, but disregard that because they are not playing one yep no no horn doesn't look like there's a lot of space for it they do have no. the pal pad the one of switch card the he- uh the heavy ball as well as the feather ball so it's a little techier than the previous ones we've seen uh not as consistent as uh Stavenon's list and so on and so forth uh but yeah fusion mew and then there's another thing i want to say about this special event these playmats are sick yes i don't know if pokemon put them out there but they have like two um i don't even know what to call them they have like a a latin america feel to them and there's kind of like a a god on one side that looks like uh like miradon and a god on the other side that looks like Coridon. and it's got this like sweet aztecian kind of feel to it and i i definitely appreciate the uh, the design of the playmats, and I kind of wish Pokemon would do more of that in like other areas. Yeah, someone definitely put like a lot of like hired a, a special artist for this. It, it is actually a really cool mat. I know we talked about it on Discord, and I was like, I didn't see the champion thing at the bottom at first. I was like, oh man, how do I get one of those? And you just were like, uh, win Lima. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it was only 123 masters. He had a pretty good shot. Um, second place. Lugia V-Star Archaeops of the Single Strike variety. No list for us to really go over, but we kind of get the gist of what that deck does and how it looks in most instances. You know, double T-Tar, uh, plus or minus a Stone Jorner or a Single Strike Eveltal, uh, but couldn't outpace the uh, the Fusion Mew, and it's, uh, what is it, Hartford all over again? Yeah, I was going to say, and that's it's just, we, we saw it in the past, It's it's can definitely beat that deck that's for sure yep for sure and then we're going to torino special event 544 masters this was one belugia v-star and archaeops again unfortunately no list for us to talk about at this time um but it was of the single strike variety no sneaky tech for us to kind of go over because i didn't watch torino as much as i watched um, Milwaukee this weekend and that's purely on me but you know congrats to uh, Maximilian uh, Tubert for the dub in Torino and then second pra- second uh, second place is uh, Leon Kesselring playing Mew VMAX uh, this is your standard DTE Mew seems like a pretty good list there's the echoing horn that you were talking about uh, anything else you want to point out in this list before we address the elephant in the room <laughs> um i mean i'm guessing the upside down cards are probably another because uh, i see he's got some blank cards there maybe there were some cards he borrowed or something but um maybe they forest were Seal Stone. Um, yeah forest seal stone and cleansing gloves okay yep so uh the cleansing gloves is uh really cool tech i guess that's for the mirror or gardevoir 
Um, I will go over the elephant in the room here in a minute, but I mean, uh, escape rope, switching car, they're back to the, the four path for uh, lost vacuum build, which I'm still a really big fan of, just locking your opponent out, then getting rid of it yourself while still burning your hand down some. Um, yeah, just normal DTE version of Mew. Um, what I was noticing about his record, too, um, Leon's record was 11-1-5, so his only loss was his loss in the finals, actually, it looks like. Yeah, which is a heartbreaker for sure, but still, being able to squeak it out and play this well with DTE Mew, which was supposedly, you know, on a downswing, it you know it's it's still a good deck. Mew is still good. Spirit Two might have something to say about that next format, but um, for right now, Mew V Max is definitely something you need to respect. And then the elephant in the room of the deck. Uh, for those that are not on the Pokemon Twitter sphere, um, I guess Leon was very aggressive with his shuffling of his Mew V Max deck and. His 4-3 Mew V VMAX and his 4 Genesex were so bent um, that the judges made judge proxies, uh, which he played on stream with. So he has energies with literally just Mew V, Mew VMAX, and Genesect V written on his cards um, to play the, the tournament. Yes, this is something that needs to be assigned to you by a judge. You can't just show up to an event with cards like this. But it's really funny to just, <laughs> like, it's funny to see the pictured list with the proxies, but it's even funnier to watch the stream and see that, you know, they prized one of these energy proxy cards. He's playing with them. He's, you know, tilting his little uh, fighting energies to draw cards and stuff like that, like, yeah, and it just kind of goes to show you that, like, on a visual aspect, Pokemon is a language that everybody can understand, regardless of, like, what language it's put in. And these cards don't even have text on them, and everyone really understands how the game went. Yeah, and it's, and it, well, and it shows also, too, like, the, the skill of playing the, the player as well, because um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who you play a deck in and out, and sometimes you have to, like, double-check the text on the card, you know, um, just to make sure you're doing everything 100% in this person. Leon was playing perfectly, I mean, really to a second place finish with literally energies that had no extra tech other than the name of what the Pokemon was on it. So he had to remember HPs, he had to remember exactly what the attacks do, um, everything about these Pokemon themselves, and uh, pilot it to second place because, like, my my group and I, we, we will text, test this way sometimes if we didn't get to a printer to print proxies off beforehand. And even sometimes we'll have our phones pull off to the side just to make sure we're still playing right because we don't want to, like, misunderstand something. So to be in a high-stress situation and remember exactly what these cards do, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll move into uh, Santiago. This one had 729 Masters. First place, uh, Pedro uh, Pertusi playing Gardevoir Mewtwo V Union. Um, it's won a couple of online events. It's done pretty well in uh, some special events and so on and so forth. Uh, but this is its first place finish. And the one card I want to talk about, other than the Mewtwo V Union, of course, is the one of Drapion. And I feel like this was either an appropriate meta call for the field, or it's that piece that nobody was putting into Mewtwo V Union to really give it its uh, true potential against a solid deck like Mew. 
Yeah, I will, and you know that I know everyone considers the Mewtwo V Union the bad version of Gardevoir. Um, I've been a fan of it because of some of the little more nuanced plays and things like that. I feel like it's definitely a lot more, um, I don't say techie, but it's like you have to be a lot more careful uh, on what you do because putting the V Union out there as a three prizer and then damaging yourself can be pretty detrimental. But yeah, that Drapion V. Maybe that was just something that turned the the tables for this deck. I mean, I'm not a hump, not honestly 100% sure, but I guess if you're going against a really aggressive, fast-paced Mew, why not? Um, but yeah, I, it is the one thing we're seeing different in most uh, than the other V Union lists that are all out there, and this one obviously went to a first place finish. Um, and, and Pedro has actually been throughout all many many events has been playing YouTube Union. So if he was going to take or if someone was going to take a first place finish, it was definitely going to be him. Yeah. Um. One thing I've noticed about Gardevoir, and we're going to talk a lot about Gardevoir in the coming discussions. But if you're not playing rare candy, you're not realistically getting a turn two attack. Now in this list, you see one rare candy altogether. So you're not really streamlining that turn two attack with insert Gardevoir here, Shining Arcana Gardevoir, the one of Zacian V. Um, but now, especially against Mew, which consistently gets turn two attacks, you now have a Drapion to rebuttal and continue to establish your board state so that you can set up Mewtwo V Union or a heavy hitting Zacian and force your opponent to deal with the Drapion that's in the active. Um, and I think it's one of those things where like, maybe if you streamlined rare candy a little bit, the Drapion wouldn't be so necessary, but nonetheless, I think that you're giving yourself the best opportunity to rebuttal against Mew, where I think that running no candy and no Drapion gives you no opportunity to really seal that matchup. Yeah, and also, too, Pedro, uh, so a lot of the Gardevoir lists we've seen in the past all ran the Sky Sealstone for the uh, Zacian V play to take potential three and or four crucial turn knockout. Um, a few of these lists are actually turning to, we talk, talked about a little bit last week, um, but turning to the Forest Sealstone allows you to find that one missing piece like the Rare Candy or the Gardevoir if you already have Rare Candy in hand or whatever you might need to... Uh, to, you know, to piece that together because um, my Mewtwo, Mewtwo V Union list I play, I've actually always played one rare candy. I've always found room for it because I just felt like if you can get it off, it was incredibly strong. But I still played the Sky Steel Stone versus the Forest Steel Stone. And now seeing this and just kind of the consistency and, and, and just realizing how much I wish it was a Forest Steel Stone that would almost be more impactful than a Sky Steel, Sky Steel Stone turn. Um, makes me really want to include that because that allows you to find whatever you need um, and just to get off to the races, honestly. And I, I feel like that might be what the MuGV version is missing. Yep. No, I tend to agree. No Chrysalia in this list, I would imagine. Um, the MuGV Union is the justifiable piece to deal with the Lost Box matchup entirely. Uh, but altogether, you know, very cool to see something new win and something to kind of um stay on the radar you know if i don't respect mewtwo v union um you know i don't want to get blindsided by it and i feel like it popping up in events like these definitely still uh 
instills that fear into people's hearts about it. Uh, second place was Arceus V-Star, Giratina V-Star. Have to imagine four path, four judge, four Arceus V, four double turbo, three Arceus V-Star, two, two Giratina. Whether they were playing, uh, you know, cleansing gloves or not, who knows? But it's, it's <laughs> even though, yeah, it, even though it hasn't seen a lot of play lately, I still feel like that lit, like Arceus V-Star, Giratina V-Star is still so strong. Um, and it makes me wonder why we're not seeing more play, but um, obviously here we see a second place finish, so it shows it shows how strong it is still. But yeah, judge pathing and being able to pretty much delete anything off the board is always going to be strong. Yeah, it just seems like it's an easy deck to tech for. You know, if you get that early turn one knockout on something like um, RCS V-Star with the double turbo or the single energy attachment, you really steamroll the rest of the game. A lot of those lists aren't playing Raihan anymore, and Raihan's the only card that can allow you to get back into the game if you benched a second RCS V-Star the previous turn. With that being said, if you're judging, you're not getting a lot of resources into your hand to set up a play for next turn outside of Starbirth. So um, it's just an easy deck to maneuver around, but it's difficult to beat is the issue. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. Um, Milwaukee uh, had 1,112 Masters. And it was taken down by the Aussie himself, uh, former world champion Henry Brand, playing Gardevoir EX. Tell me about this list, brother. Well, it's just wild to me. Uh, we talked before the pod that Henry came all the way over to the U.S., played in this regional, and won the entire thing, um, showing that even though he hasn't, we haven't seen a lot of him since his world's finish, he is still... He still got it, honestly. Um, incredible player. But from what I'm looking at, just quick glance, it's pretty much the the standard regular version of Gardevoir. No Mewtwo V Union. Um, has the Penny, has the Roxanne, has Miriam, Worker. Um, has pretty much everything, including that Forest Sealstone in there. So, be again, to be able to find what you need. And there are candies. Just, yeah, pretty much your standard... Gardevoir EX list with a Cresselia, double Zacian, etc., etc., what you sit down and expect to play against. Consistent. Yep. Yep. I think the only question mark in this deck really is 11 energy. You know, we've seen, you know, people teeter between that 12 and 13 mark just to really make sure you have accessible energy to hit incredibly hard with Shining Arcana, Gardevoir, and Zacian. Um, this plays a very neutral 11. And, you know, if you're drawing well, it doesn't matter. So I think that's maybe the only question mark in the deck. There is a Choice Belt, which I thought was kind of sick too. You don't need that extra energy push if you can get the Choice Belt attachment to uh, Shining Arcana or um, Zacian. But I think the biggest thing is adding it to Gardevoir EX because 190 is such an irrelevant number for this deck to hit, but 220 is a super respectable number for Gardevoir EX to hit. Yeah, I mean, and going back to the energy counts, I feel like 11 is is a lot more common than we think it is. Uh, that's what I play. Granted, like I said, I'm playing the View Union version of it. Um, but I mean, if we're really wanting to add that extra uh, damage outside of a choice belt... The secret spice tech is Agatha. <laughs> Move three damage it's, counters. 
off your it's active. Not. It's not, is, but it is. No. <laughs> that like if if I spend one turn playing Agatha, it's not worth it. Like <laughs> but think you about you it. have lost the you have lost the game. You're <laughs> adding three matter. damage counters to the active, and then you're able to accelerate one, maybe two more energies to do more damage. Huh? Huh? Come on. No, I, I'm shutting that idea all the way down. It's right. cute. It's cheeky. I almost like it against, like, the opposing deck. So if you have <laughs> three, like, two or three damage counters left on either Zashin or Sharding Arcana, and I'm just like, okay, cool. So here's a couple damage counters. You're knocked out. I'm already in the active, ready to attack. And now you have to promote something else that I have taken two or four prizes off your field <laughs> i'm gonna promote this uh conspiracy theory for fresno and hopefully everyone hopefully everyone packs it yeah if i get agatha in fresno i will eat an energy card out of my deck i i'll <laughs> i stand by this i'll do it right there at the table too that would be amazing <laughs> all right second place uh caleb Gettimer playing the lost zone toolbox kyogre uh this is arguably the best version of lost box in the format right now um you chew through the deck uh with things like pokey gear obviously chorus not pokey gear pokey stop and chorus experiment make sure the resources left in your hand and your deck are all things playable to bench snipe with kyogre but realistically you have the heavy heaviest hitter basic in the game with dragonite v Raikou to swing for a relevant weakness and punish people for expanding their benches and hitting that perfect 220 number if both benches are full Multifaceted Sableye, multifaceted uh, Radiant Greninja. Uh, I mean, it's the same list we've talked about over and over and over, but it does doesn't seem like it gets worse. Yeah, I you know I'm I will say I, this version is awesome. Um, it's I feel like for me it would be a little too big brain because you're you're really having to you know focus so early on for that final Kyogre play. Um, but I mean, that final Kyogre play is incredibly strong when you have it off or get it off. But the, um, the fact that the four count of energy recycler is there again, um, just makes that, that combo so much easier. Cause you're not worried about potentially having to burn those off on a, um, on a chorus experiment or something like that at the wrong, you know, wrong timing or things like that. So really, just incredibly powerful list. Um, I just couldn't imagine having to play what is what did Caleb play uh, 16, 18 games with this eighteen best of threes. That would be my brain would be fried because it is a very strong deck, but very very combo heavy deck. Um, obviously missing that Drapion, but I think with that inclusion of the Kyogre, uh, being able to pull that off is just your your ultimate win condition against something like Mew Max. Yeah, you lost zone the Dragonite and the Raikou, and you just kind of don't look back for the rest of the Mew matchup, honestly. Uh, I played a little bit of this deck on the Limitless uh, Simulator versus Aaron this weekend, and I got behind three prizes really early because I was just drawing so bad. But at the end of the game, I was literally one recycler short from turning that whole game around and taking four prizes on the final term of the game. And... It's insane how good this deck is and how much comeback potential that this deck has. Like, realistically, I, I just don't see there being a worse version uh, or a better version of Lost Box in the format right now. Yeah, and I feel like that's probably this deck's uh, strength, honestly, is like it, you probably catch your opponents off guard by letting them get a, quite a few prizes ahead because, you know, you're 
your sable eyes, your comfies, your camera ants, things like that are so weak uh hp wise like they're they're easily taking knockouts so your opponent probably thinks like oh i'm getting ahead i'm gonna win this and then you splash on that kyogre after taking like a knockout with something like sableye and yeah you just completely flip that game in your favor which is i mean it can happen very very easily especially kyogre taking out two genesects or taking out a damaged uh, you know a raikou v and a damaged uh regilecki v on the bench or something like that so it's it is wild how much comeback potential this deck has. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. So really cool final, really cool event. Um, obviously watched more of Milwaukee than I did anything else. Uh, but yeah, very, very exciting. But there's one deck left to talk about. And shout out to the Lost Zone podcast. You guys absolutely cooked this event. And it was insane to see. This four cleft key arc aerodactyl deck just it it swept me off my feet man i'm absolutely in love with this archetype you know you've got answers for everything in the form of four cleft key four judge four path and aerodactyl's v star ancient um ancient star ability being able to shut off all v pokemon abilities you have answers for the top three decks and you really just don't they don't have anything to say about it other than you know sorry (laughs) like watching this on stream when he played against grant manley and both games were over in less than 10 minutes because the lost zone kyogre deck can't use their escape ropes because they're just gonna get sent up into a key can't do really anything unless you draw into chorus so the deck is insane what do you have to say about this yeah i pretty much the same thing you have to say it really does have answers for everything and then just on top of that it's also a heavy judge path deck so the the strengths of the arctina deck of being a, a judge path deck hitting big numbers um, it takes that but also adds it in with even more lockout potential with those cleft keys with the aerodactyl v star so we like we talked about before the pod like even if you have that ancient star ability going and you put a path down, well, you've already shut off their stuff, so even if they somehow lost Vacuum and Path away, well, guess what? The Ancient Star ability is, or Ancient Star attack now ability is still there. So, I mean, it's it literally is, it's super str- straightforward, truthfully. I mean, the, the counts of everything are very high, very consistent, and it's just a really awesome list. And like you said, with Arceus making a big comeback, Aerodactyl V-Star being a fighting type is hitting for weakness, which is awesome your lost box matchup lost box matchup you're just playing the the four of or not four of but getting at least two cleft keys down while you're charging up things like an rcs on the bench so you can literally just knock out stuff back to back to back and they try to escape rope and do different plays well guess what like you said they're locked out again they can't do anything so just really cool um i i really do like this list i actually am excited to play this for fun at locals yeah, I feel bad for anybody who has to play against this because, like, you, you you think you tech for a pretty straightforward field, and then something like this lands, and you're like, uh, okay, so I need to land all of my draw supporters, get everything into the lost zone, and try to cook by getting like two Klefki off the bench with a Radiant Greninja, then put Dragonite down. Um, and I just don't think that that's a realistic line of play. I don't I don't think anything you know contributes to that better than the than this deck just takes advantage of. So very cool. Uh, Christian Fontenot placing 17 with this definitely should have placed higher, but I understand it was untested coming into this event, and I imagine we see four Clef Key very heavily next event. 
Yeah, no, I I agree. That are um, you know, just more answers to Arceus. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so we're going to dive into the MetaShare study. Uh, we did have an event in what is considered the Paldea Evolved uh, format. Uh, Taiwan's championship uh, had 2,600 players, and this is what top eight looked like. First place was Gardevoir EX. Uh, second place was Gardevoir Mewtwo V Union. Third place was Gardevoir EX. Fourth place was Origin Form Palkia V Star with Chen Pao. Fifth place, same deck, Origin Form Palkia Chen Pao. Sixth place, Lost Zone Toolbox of the Radiant Greninja variety. Seventh place, Gardevoir EX. And then eighth place, Lost Zone Toolbox of the Radiant Greninja variety. Um, are these the new top three decks? You know, we've got no Ting Lu, no Skeledurge, no um, Meowskarada, no Arctina, no Arctura, no Lugia. What's up? Why, why is it not as diverse as we thought it would be? Uh, well... Was this a best of one event? So Taiwan was a best of one that turned into a best of three and they could switch decks for it. Interesting. So it would be kind of interesting to see what these players day one decks were for the best of one compared to what their finishing decks were for the best of three. Um, because that, that is very interesting, actually, the fact that they could switch decks, too. Like, I don't think we've seen that in a very, very long time. Um, well, can't you do it at Worlds? Yeah, I believe at Worlds you can, but um, I think that might be even, from my knowledge, that's the only, like, event, like, American-based event or anything like that you've been able to do that at. Um, I could be wrong, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know Ting Lu is super hyped up because of the fact that it can shut things down. Arctina, I'm actually surprised about. Arctura is also kind of surprising. Um, but yeah, I mean, we kind of knew Gardevoir EX was going to be very strong going into the next format, just with the couple extra little tools it gets. Obviously, Chen Pao is super hyped up. Um, but yeah, I, I actually don't know why we don't see those. And it would be interesting to know, like I said, what those... Um, day one best of one decks were because maybe that's where the, all those decks are catching people off guard and things like that and then for the best of uh best of three they went to decks that have are a little more maybe consistent based uh you know obviously gardevoir ex you have all your your um curly is doing uh refinement and things like that so pretty consistent deck origin form palkia and Chen Pao, you know, I feel like that deck's probably going to be pretty straightforward, obviously, because Irida is, is a staple in that deck. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. What are your thoughts on it? Um, I think that clearly these are the three de best decks in the format. Paldea Evolved injects uh, Jet Energy into Lost Zone Toolbox, which just gives you that extra pivoting option. Um, I've seen, you know, Lost Zone Toolboxes in this format, um, introducing things like the uh, the luminous energy, which you can attach to any of your attackers that have like a one color energy that you don't want to necessarily tech in for um, the toolbox play, but it can cover like you know one energy, you mirage gate two basic energy to it, so that way the luminous energy doesn't shut off because it does if you add an additional special energy to it. Um, and you could put in. A wider variety of attackers one of them had the regal stance zamazenta from i think brilliant stars was the set and 
Um, you swing for steel weakness, which gives you a mild advantage against things like Chen Pao or any other steel weak attackers that we may have coming up pretty soon here. Um, and I think that was in the sixth place list. Uh, in top 16, there was one Lugia of the colorless variety that had like the triple Snorlax, the one Weird Ear, the one Luxray with the reversal energy and stuff like that. Um, they exist, but in top 8, I would just have to say these are the best decks in a best of 3, kind of like how you were saying. Um, you know, it's a win fast, lose fast, give up very few prizes, or just have great board control with things like Origin Form, Palkia being a very stable attacker, and Chen Pao just being great at consistently getting you energy and being able to delete large targets. Uh, but that's, you know, all there really is to say about this top eight. Yeah, that's and that's, like I said, that's my thought on it, is just the fact that the the best of three decks, um, that or these decks we're seeing are really good best of threes because they're, they're consistent, but then when they do have those kind of bricky hands, you can scoop real fast and go to game two and be back off for the races uh, or game three or whatever it might be um, because we've all had those lost zone decks where you start a cramorant and nothing else and pass you know yeah no that's a real thing for sure um but yeah in terms of the meta share study we'll see how it kind of shakes out over here obviously you can't just take what they have going on over there and apply it to our format and assume that that is like the standard they're the same format that had um, Giratina V-Star winning so many events in the Lost Zone variety. And now you look over here and it took a whole Arceus deck to get Giratina to win one event when Vulpix has won two before that. So, um, yeah, you just can't, you can't take this all. Um, yeah, use it as like a know, skeleton for, uh, yeah. for like what you are building over here because that is good information. The decks are good and they're amazing players, but... When your whole tournament is best of three, it definitely changes things uh, compared to best of one format or best of one change your deck to best of three. Yeah, so don't you worry out there, Arctura players. You'll still have your time in the limelight. It's just you're going to probably need to overcome some Iano path shenanigans. Yeah, that's going to um, be We'll go into the hot topic of this week. A player placed top 16 in Santiago, uh, went to receive their prizing, and they were handed 18 loose packs asked why the prizing was so small, and they were told that they changed the rules. At 729 players, they definitely made the kicker, so why the heck did they change the rules, Justin? Do you have any insight on this? I don't have any insight, but the fact Why that, not? <laughs> yeah, kidding. I don't... I'm not gonna lie. It, it, I saw it, and it just made me shake my head and said, this is pretty pathetic. <laughs> because, I mean, think about that. 18 packs barely covers the entry cost for like the event itself let alone you spend two days there your travel your stay for a top 16 finish and i know pokemon's supposed to um pokemon is the one who actually puts the prize support in for these events it's not the event organizer themselves so it almost makes you wonder is there something shady going on? Is the event organizer keeping things for themselves? Do things maybe not show up in time and they just don't care to you know, get everyone's info and mail them their, their packs afterwards? Um, I did see on this post um, whenever I came across it the other day that there were other top 16 people who were saying they literally got nothing. So it wasn't even like all of top 16 got things. It was just some of them, uh, which is even crazier. 
But yeah, the fact that yeah, 729 players, there was 1,000% plenty of prizing that should have been there. But where did it go? Um, we'll probably never know, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really sad. It's like, I know for me, if I were traveling to like NAIC, like going to NAIC and say I've randomly placed really well and they go, hey, we know you got top 16. It's supposed to be this much cash and like a a box or whatever. I don't even know what the payout for NAIC is. They go, but here's uh, 18 packs. I'd be like, I'd almost be like, I don't even want these at this point. I feel like kind of a slap in the face. I mean, I would obviously take them, but um, that's for all the work you did to get there at that level of play. And they go, oh, sorry, here you go. Here's your consolation prize. Um, That's kind of sad. Yeah, I'm not particularly keen about how this was handled. Um, I can't expect a um, tournament organizing group, especially of the international variety, because this was not a stateside event, um, to come out and flat out say, like, you know, we changed the rules, like a tweet before the event or something like that. Um, But, yeah, it's just it's super weird. I really hope that, you know, this player gets kind of a, you know, something extra from TPCI to um, help lessen the blow. Uh, But this should also put a lot of tournament organizers on watch like, hey, you know, we understand what the prizing should be for these events. And, you know, a top 16, I'm pretty sure that results in, um, what is it, a whole booster at um, at 500 players? I'm not 100% sure. It might be um, someone else also, too, on the, the post. I just and it just clicked. I just remembered the scene. This as well, too, is the fact that it was advertised. You know, the I, they weren't sure, obviously, the legality of um, it being in Santiago versus stateside. But um, it was advertised for this event in tournament, as in this is the prizing, obviously, through TP, TPCI's website and things like that. And halfway the tournament to change pricing technically would be illegal, at least like I said, stateside. So um, there is something to think about and look into that as well, um, just for the pure sake of. Uh, I know that you can't advertise X pricing and have all these people pay money to enter and compete and then change it because the whole expectation of that person entering is based on uh, that prize support. Um, so there is a legal factor to it as well. So it. It, there might be something that needs to be done by TPCI legally with these event organizers if there is some sketchy stuff going on with withholding pricing and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Something that, that they're going to have to investigate and for us to just kind of say out loud so the people in the back can understand it too. Can we just have um, one event where we don't have an issue? <laughs> you know, I and I'm not at, at this player's discretion, like I'm pretty happy with the results. This is all this was. Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if that's the worst thing that happened, I'm so sorry you only got 18 packs, but this is better than the cheap cheating, the creepiness, the other stuff, the somber things that we had to talk about two EQs, weeks ago. Yeah. Glad that we get to move on from that and talk about so much Pokemon. Now, let's dive into the news. Players with Worlds invites were informed that they have access to two spectator badges. This is a re- this is really big for those traveling all that way. It's nice to be able to bring your support system with you. So, congratulations to everybody who found out that news. That is absolutely massive uh, for all of you. Yeah, that's that's huge because a lot of people going across the world to go to this event, you know, probably thought they had to go alone because they didn't 
you know, want to buy spectator badges or couldn't, maybe couldn't, maybe they're traveling on a budget. So um, that is really awesome. Yes. And I'm sure that the spectator badges also apply to your, um, your allowed translator, if you will, because this is a world's event Uh, and everybody is coming from different backgrounds. But I have seen an overwhelming um, slew of players who are offering up their spectator badges and kind of um, getting uh, Pokemon involved in trying to get them transferable for other people. Uh, For those who are traveling alone and don't necessarily need that because all their friends are competing and playing in this event, and other people who might need, like, their translator plus significant other and a parent or whatever, um, you know, their support system. And I like seeing all these people kind of offer that up and try to make it happen for these people is awesome. This is the community that I love for sure. And seeing that just fills my heart with joy. That is pretty cool. Um, and now we get to go into something sad. Uh, <laughs> today, PTCGO went offline. Uh, this is really sad for me because the, PTCGO is how I started playing. Like, I collected cards when I was younger, but during the Panini, um, I turned to PTCGO. I downloaded a bunch of uh, codes on my phone to build decks with and stuff, and I would not be playing Pokemon right now if it wasn't for PTCGO. Uh, Justin, you have any nice words to say about PTCGO? <laughs> so it's, it's kind of hard for me. Um, I, for people that know... I try to play online. I really do. Um, and I just, I can never get into it. Like, I've scanned so many codes into Live and PTCGO, and I'll probably build two decks every three months. Um, because, I don't know, for me, Pokemon is the, the social aspect, the, um, the the actual shuffling, the, the, the reading your opponent, and things like that. So... I've never been a huge online player. Like I said, I've tried to get into it more and more. Um, I've got live. I finally downloaded it on my tablet and things like that. And I'm trying to do it more so I can become a better player. So I'm playing even more than I can get to right now. Um, but it is kind of sad. Whenever I did play PC, PTCGO, um, it was a very cool client. I will say, though, outside of like the glitches people are having, um, the fact that you can just craft whatever you need thousand times better than having to sit here on the trade market that was half the reason why i would give up building decks halfway through because i didn't want to sit here and try to find a million pieces and make sure i have the trade pieces and yada 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 um the fact that i can just go in with all my coins and go hey i need to build this i need this card this card this card done uh it's so much nicer so r.i.p ptcgo but um i'm open to live as long as it starts getting less buggy yeah, so I, I like live for the deck crafting ability solely. The rank ladder is kind of neat too. So it gives you um, something realistic to try to achieve um, versus just like a single full art card that's not tradable at the end of it all. Um, but yeah, like uh, PTCGO just has a really warm and special place in my heart for those who like, you know, have been watching me and like listening to me play for a couple years they know that like i was a solely ptcgo player for so long um but yeah good chapter in my life ready for live to hopefully step it way up like a thousand percent so that i can enjoy that as much as i enjoyed ptcgo at least the uh, uh, i looked <laughs> oh sorry i was gonna i was gonna say at least the tabletop stuff's been popping off like i've had so much fun in our in our discord group and stuff like that where we've just been 
randomly playing tabletop games and stuff like that. I don't know. I just feel like that's super fun because um, we get to communicate and talk and stuff too. But I mean, obviously got like webcam wars and stuff. So tabletop's been popping off, which has been awesome to see. No, I 100% agree. I have enjoyed tabletop in our Discord and in other people's Discords so much. So, you know, if you want to play webcam tabletop as well, um, hit us up, join the Discord, and we'll play. Because I find myself on almost three nights a week playing, and it's a, it's a really good time. Yeah, there's always someone on, it seems like. Yeah, super cool. All right, so let's move on to the listener question. And this week's listener question is from me, to Justin, and I'm so sorry if this is a little different than the questions we've had before. Justin, if you were starving on an island but surrounded by Pokemon, which one would you consider eating if it's either that or starvation? Oh, God. Um, I mean, I feel like this would be kind of a little somewhat obvious. Obviously, like, there's, like... um, Oh my god, uh, Cherubi, who is like berries and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So that would be kind of one. <laughs> and honestly, like as as cute as like the smile on it is, I kind of want to punch it sometimes in the face. So I feel like I would be okay with eating that. Um, we've talked about it before. I'm a super healthy eater anyway, so eating like a bunch of berries and stuff doesn't sound horrible. Um, that though, or if I wanted like, oh god, like a squirtle because it's like turtle soup or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many options. So, so you're going to stave yourself up from starvation with a cherry that maybe weighs like 15 pounds. Oh, do like, I only get yes, one? That's a, I mean, I'll, how many do you want? I'm just assuming like, I'll say if there's if a whole were, tree of them growing, like I'll, totally yeah. Okay. Okay, if there's a tree of cherubi, you're chopping it down, president style, and <laughs> you're eating them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> that or I'm taking down, like, a, a tropius or something that's massive and I've got enough food to last me forever. Yeah, that makes sense. That that checks out. <laughs> What would you eat, Drew? What would you eat on this? Bro, I'm going for Miltank, bro. Miltank has to be, like, the most... Like I didn't even think about Miltank, <laughs> bro. Like milk and meat. Like it's a cow. Like what? What else do you want? Like I'm so sorry for any vegetarians or vegans listening to this. Obviously, we don't want to eat Pokemon, but I have somebody who actively listens to the podcast who always wants me to ask this question, and every time I've told them no. So <laughs> here, here's the time that I had to tell you. Yeah, like that, I didn't even you know, think we of, answered your question. I didn't even think of Miltank because, like, I, like you said, vegetarian or vegan. Like, I'm not vegetarian or vegan, but I don't eat red meat, like real, like really at all. So, like, steak didn't even cross my mind. But yeah, that just makes so much sense. Miltank is like ingenious. And then, what are some of the chicken esque Pokemon we have? Like, ooh, like you can do a Cinderace. You can get some like rabbit. There you go. Um, Blaziken, <laughs> Blaziken, they have fire chicken. And it cooks itself. I feel, I feel like if I'm starving though, I don't stand a chance against a Blaziken. I think that thing is fucking me up. He, he, just, he just for the fires, language. Fire punches you, and you're just like, all right, I'm dead anyways. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. At least I tried to eat. I, I guess, I guess that's where it ends. But uh, yeah, that's the listener question. 
And if you guys have any other silly questions for us, feel free to hit us up on our Twitter at PCS underscore pod. Again, I apologize for eating your favorite Pokemon if I brought it up, uh, but let's move on. Patreon and Discord updates. Webcam locals will resume on Wednesday the 21st. This is not next week, but the week after um, because I have Fresno. want to give everyone some downtime, and then we will pick it back up. Uh, the prizing will be Paldea Evolved uh, live packs, and Paldea Evolved will be legal for the next uh, webcam standard locals on Wednesday the 21st at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The week after, webcam GLC will start up. The date and time will be determined later, just because I want to cater to those who really enjoy GLC and make sure it fits their schedule, and I haven't had time to hash it out with uh, those specific parties. Yep, and then also this is um, tabletop too for everyone, anyone that's wondering it's not uh, on live or anything like that. Yeah, because you can't even play GLC on live, and that's uh, bad. Uh, another quick update, Justin and I finally have a playmat design. Uh, we're ordering a limited 20 of them, uh, and these will be available for sale, giveaways, personal use, um, and available in our Patreon shop for those who are the um, the day two or higher, if I'm not mistaken. Or is it the, uh, yeah, something like that. The competitor uh, the specific tiers or something. Yeah, I think the competitor is the the lower end one. I think it's oh, the okay. day two and the champ that have access to merchandise. And these playmats will be available in that merchandise selection. Uh, so we hope you enjoy them. If you're a part of the Patreon, you are our Patreon and Discord. You already know what the design looks like. Uh, but I'm a pretty big fan. I you know reached out to one of my favorite local artists uh, to help me out, and they knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. Yeah, they they look really cool. It's um, do we want to like give it away, or do we just want to wait and post something on our Twitter, or how we want to? Uh, when I announce this episode is live, I will post an image uh, with that tweet as well, so people can see it on the public space. So look forward to that for sure. Maybe I'll even put it on the um the podcast title. <laughs> Sweet. You know what we should do? We should put that and then ask people to answer what they would eat on a desert island pokemon wise yeah and if you answer whooper i'm banning you (laughs) um (laughs) all right and uh let's wrap the show up with uh predictions for fresno i'm just gonna go with because i've been really enjoying the deck and i feel like outside of um the one championship we saw at uh place first and second arc dura umbreon i think uh that needs a good U.S. finish, honestly. So many pl- people are playing it. It's got answers to things like Gardevoir. Um, it's got answers to things like Lugia. It's got answers to a lot of decks. has a lot of plays. Um, and it's just a tank um, tank beast of a deck. So I'm just going to go simple with that deck. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty solid call. Uh, Henry Brand is also going to be at Fresno. I have no idea if he brought more than Gardevoir with him for this small American uh, heist that he's going for right now. (laughs) Um, But I have to assume that Henry Brand makes his way up in the top eight again because, you know, it's an absolute insanity. Um, But I'd really like to see that quad key Arceus kind of do something and pop up like I think it's going to. Uh, but it's really hard to take any uh, credit away from um, 
this Lost Zone box with uh, Kyogre, and I think it's gotten so many like top eight finishes and no real solid like first place finish. This one might be it. So I'm gonna go with Lost Zone box Kyogre with an honorable mention to Dreoxis, who has now joined Team Shuffle Squad. Very uh, happy for them. Uh, they are from the area. They're looking forward to this event. And if they win, I know they're playing Mew Deoxys. I have to just assume that they're going to cook that weekend. So you'll be my honorable mention this weekend. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I, I, I agree, though, going back to that Lost Box version. It's such a powerful deck, and it's had so many well-placed finishes and just waiting for that first place. So um, I think that's a good call on that. And, yeah, I, I agree. I think Dreoxys is uh, going to make an appearance there. He's He's been killing it lately. Yep, for sure. Uh, Justin, go ahead and plug the show, and we'll uh, get out of here momentarily. Sounds good. Uh, if you guys want to find me on Twitter, my handle is PokeBrewsTCG. And if you want to find me on Instagram, my handle is PokeBrews. Uh, Instagram is still currently the easiest way to reach me. Um, to stay off Twitter quite a bit if I can help it. <laughs> on both socials, though, you can find my Linktree account, where you can find things like my TCG Player affiliate link. Uh, if you use that link, any shopping you do directly supports the show and upcoming regional expenses, all while costing you nothing extra. You can also find things like our PCS podcast PCS podcast official merchandise by Bonfire. That link is bonfire.com slash store slash PCS pod. Um, we do also have a Twitch channel. Um, we'll be live streaming the pod every week as soon as we get that going, um, as well as some tabletop games. And you can find that at twitch.tv slash PCS pod. And on to you, Drew. All right. If you want to find me on Instagram and Twitter, I am at Katana TCG. Um, if you want to join any of our PCS local GLC standard event or find a way to get one of those playmats, make sure you're joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash PCS podcast. We have plenty of other benefits, but the primary two gets you entries into the monthly giveaway. And last month we gave away a whole twin flip and tray from Ultimate Guard, which was super cool. And it gets you entrance to the PCS locals. Most of these locals consist of really cool giveaways like, uh, 100 code cards or um, some of our special PCS podcast merchandise dice. Uh, it's a really good time, so make sure you're checking it out. Uh, $2 gets you into the uh, Discord and Patreon, and the benefits just kind of spiral from there. Uh, and that'll be it. Go ahead and sign us off, Justin. Yeah, we'll see you guys after Fresno. See ya. Oh, and happy Pride Month, y'all. <laughs>